0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Portsmouth, Virginia, with a combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Portsmouth, plus syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre recorded real estate investing classes. Not all of them specific to Portsmouth. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. The following is part six of six parts of the class overcoming obstacles for real estate investors. Be sure to check out other parts published as separate episodes. All right, here's the inner game stuff. Let's talk about challenges related to inner game, like your, your mental space, your kind of mindset. Um, so the first one we're gonna talk about is making a commitment to being successful. This is a really good book, if you guys haven't read it. It's, uh, it's by a guy named Dan Sullivan. It's called the four C's, four C's something. is it four C's? I think it's just the four C's. Maybe it's four C strategy or something like that. But it talks about the steps you go through to go from making a commitment to being courageous to gaining the capability to do what you need to do to then having confidence. And it's this kind of weird feedback loop where you have to make the commitment first in order to decide what you're going to do then you need to have the courage to act when you don't necessarily have the capability and the skills to do what you're trying to do. Then over time, you slowly gain your capability by continuing to push on it with this commitment and some courage. And then finally, you gain the capability and you gain confidence and you kind of repeat the cycle and you keep growing. So really, really good book. You can go to realestatefinancialplanner.com forward slash 4C. And there's a link on there to download it directly. They'll ask for your email address. It's actually the strategic coach company that puts it out, but it's a little like, I don't know, 30 page book, something like that. It's got some cartoons in it. You can just read the cartoons or you can read the book. Cartoons tell you the majority of what you need to know, but it's it's really good. It's really good for doing that. So I think for a lot of real estate investors, so we've been doing these classes since 2003. So that's what, uh, 19 years at this point. So we've been doing classes for 19 years. And I've seen a lot of people come through the classes over that period of time. And I will tell you one of the things that stands out is, we see a lot of people come once or twice or three times, and then they stop coming. And I think part of that is, there's this sort of societal get-rich-quick feeling associated with real estate investing, that it's easy money. You come in, you attend a class or two, you find out everything you need to learn, and that you, know, you should be able to do a deal and make $30,000 or $50,000 or whatever it is, in like a week. You know, after, you, after you've come to two classes, you should be good to go, right? Um, and, and, unfortunately it's just not true. I think the people that I see that come repeatedly and they, uh, are successful with stuff are the people that they come to class, they commit to doing something over a long period of time and they don't get distracted. They don't get this like shiny object syndrome. You know, they don't come to three classes here. And then I see them at the Bitcoin, uh, trading thing, or, you know, how to buy uh, domain names and speculate, or online real estate, or, um, you know, how to flip I don't know cars or whatever it is, right? Like whatever the flavor of the week is, because it changes all the time. Um, but you, you don't see people come here for a couple of weeks and then they're, you know, kind of turning and do something else. It reminds me of the old story that Zig Ziglar used to tell about priming the pump. You know, if you have a, a one of those old school farmyard pumps in your yard and you go there and you pump, you know, for you know three or four or five times, you you probably aren't getting water at that point, right? You got to go and you got to pump that thing and you got to pump it for a while before the water starts even trickling out. And it trickles out for a while. You keep pumping on it, keep pumping on it. And eventually the, the water starts to flow. But you can't just run then and go somewhere else and do something, because the pump will stop. You gotta really take a long time to get primed, to get ready to go, so that the water starts flowing out of the pump, and then you gotta keep pumping on that thing until it gives you what you need. And so you really do need to stick this thing out. You gotta make a commitment, and then you have to be courageous for a long enough period of time to actually achieve whatever it is you need to achieve. So I'll kind of comment on some of those things in the other slides too, but number one, in order to make a commitment to being successful, I think you should be specific in your commitment. And I think the challenge is a lot of times when you're brand new to real estate investing and you're coming to a class or listening to a podcast or whatever it is for the first few times is you may think you know what you want, but it may not be what you can reasonably achieve. You may come in and say, look, you know, my goal is I'm committed to making a million dollars a year in positive cash flow after working this business for two years. Okay, you just committed to something that's probably not realistic. I mean, maybe you can do it. I don't want to discourage you, right? Like, I don't want to be the person that says you can't do that when you're the one that could. Um, But from a probabilistic standpoint, that's probably not a really reasonable goal to set for someone who has no experience and no skills and stuff coming in for the first time. So I think starting a commitment and say, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to commit to uh, coming to class and analyzing deals. Uh, So, that I can get a feel of what the deals are, and then I'll reevaluate whether I'm going to do something with this after six months and I'm going to decide what my goal is. Or, you know, whatever your goal is reasonable for you, right? Like, you you set that for yourself. But I think you do need to be specific. Um, So, do that. And then once you decide what your commitment is, I think vocalizing that to other people is important. So, having this sort of like secret thing that you're doing um, and then not telling anyone, it's really easy for you to not show up at class next week. Uh, or for you to not you know listen to the podcast or do whatever you're supposed to do, that's part of your commitment if you haven't told everybody. <laughs> You know, and there's this danger of telling people that are discouragers and that, oh, you know, yeah, so the Bitcoin thing didn't work out that you were doing last week because now the real estate thing is the thing you're going to after doing that. And so you could get discouraged by telling people about your commitment. So you need to pick the right people to hold you accountable. But I think you do need to tell people and commit to others that you're going to do it. And maybe it's you just commit to the people who are already here. And those are the new people that you say, I'm going to be here every week um, rather than telling, you know, your brother who you who now knew that you were doing you know, Dogecoin and, you know, like all sorts of other kind of, you know, get rich really fast sort of things, Um, which this isn't, by the way, but I think there's a stigma associated with that, so Uh, that's what I'll say about that. Um, And this reminds me of the Ember story. You probably guys where I heard this. It's usually told in relation to some type of church sort of thing, but the idea is that, uh, you know, someone goes and visits a pastor, and they're sitting in front of a fire with a whole bunch of, like, burning embers in the fire, and, um, you know... The pastor to kind of teach the person who's coming there some story. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering a story. They take one ember out of the fire and they put it on the on the stone a little bit of ways away. And over like the next you know minute or two, the ember actually goes from burning red hot to being like black and dark and nothing like that. And then they uh, you know they take the ember and they put it back into the fire uh, with all the other embers, and the thing starts glowing red again. And it's on fire again. And I think the story with the, that the pastor says is you know. You got to come to church to be around all these other people to keep your fire growing light, uh, your fire burning bright. If you kind of like pull yourself away, then you cool off and you're not really going and stuff like that. So the idea is be around people that are encouraging to you and that are on the same path so that you can get fellowship and you can get shared information and and motivation and kind of learn things that you can't always learn from, you know, the person teaching the class or something like that, or reading a book. Um, So like-minded folks. So definitely come to classes, definitely go to real estate investor clubs and listen to podcasts so that you can be around other like-minded folks to kind of keep that going. Um, and then I think I have enough time to tell the story. So getting leverage on yourself in order to do this, this is gonna sound horrible. And I, I realize it's gonna sound horrible up front, so I'm gonna warn you in advance, but this was probably, probably around the time I started the investor club, honestly. So I, um, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and Tony Robbins does a really good job at kind of like helping you motivate yourself. Uh, he's not motivating you directly, but he's, if you're willing to do it, you can take some strategies to do this. And so I'll tell you the, the kind of thing I did at the Tony Robbins seminar. So it's going to sound horrible. So I, I, I warn you in advance. Uh, among other things, this is just like one small point, And I've told this story once before at an Anchorage meeting. So... Tony talks about the idea of getting leverage on yourself and making it really, really painful for you to not achieve your goal. And it doesn't, what's, what's interesting is it doesn't have to be true. It could be like a potential future thing. Now we do this to ourselves all the time, right? With this, this idea of, um, you know, well, if I don't, do this, then you know, all these bad things are gonna happen to me. And we kind of create these stories and, and narratives in our head to do this. But the, the honest part of it is, you can choose to create these really ugly narratives to get super crazy leverage on yourself. And so one of the things I did is at the time my kids were really, really young. They probably were, I don't know, five and seven or four and six or something like that. And so in order to get myself to do leverage on a particular you know business goal that I was, I was doing at the time, I basically told myself, if I don't, and I got myself very emotionally worked up and believed the story and kept telling it to myself, if I don't go and do whatever it is that I was trying to do, then my kids will uh, suffer from this. I won't be successful. I won't have enough money. And um, you know, my, my, my wife and my kids will need to go, and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. They'll need to go to the Taco Bell on College Avenue and open the dumpster that they have behind the thing and scrounge for food to eat. If I'm not willing to do something as silly as whatever it is, make my phone calls or analyze my deals or you know do the work I need to do in order to buy a property, but you get yourself to the point where your the people you love most are going to suffer because you're unwilling to do the activities or whatever it is that you're willing to do. And so if you're willing to take the time and leverage, and, and he goes through it. It's a, it's a variation that if you, if you look it up, you may even be able to find it on YouTube at this point. He calls it the Dickens pattern or the Dickens process, and it's based on Charles. Dickens, uh, Christmas Carol. Is it Christmas? I get Christmas Carol and Christmas story views. It's the one about Scrooge, right? And so how do you get someone like Scrooge who is, you know, a miser and doesn't really want to change. How do you get enough leverage on him to force him to change overnight? And one of the ways you do it is you, you bring three ghosts in, Ghost ghosts of Christmas past to show you how much of a schmuck you've been and how much pain you've caused all the people in the past. And then you look at Christmas present, you show like all the times you've been a jerk to the people in your life right now. And then you go out into the future and you show like all the different bad things that could happen to people. Um, if you decide to not make these changes and how much pain and suffering you're going to cause to everyone else that you love in the future based on this. And it's, it's basically that process he walks you through. Um, and there's a version of it in personal power too, but the, the personal power Two one is it's kind of weak sauce compared to what he does live, but you, you could do this on yourself. You can get to the point where you do the Dickens process pattern on yourself where you go think about all the pain you've caused by not doing whatever it is that you're trying to achieve uh, in the past, in the, fu- in the present, and in the future. And then you leverage that in order to achieve what you want to do. And I, I told you it was going to sound horrible, but th- that was one of the ones that definitely triggered me is my wife having to take two young boys in tow and dumpster dive for, you know, dis- disposed of tacos and, you know, the rotting lettuce and, you know, funky meat. And she's a vegetarian, which makes this all the much worse. Um, you know, and grab that stuff out of the dumpster, and you know, it's all warm because the sun's been heating it up. And you know, you walk five feet away from the dumpster to get away from the smell enough to be able to at least, you know, push this down so that you can do it. But you really have to get nasty on yourself in order to, to motivate yourself because that's what you're pushing against, right? It's it's what's really hard, and Austin, I definitely relate to you on this, right? You get to a certain point where you're like comfortable, and the motivation is hard to get there, right? Like you're like. Eh, I don't do this. It's not going to be that bad. You know, and you, you really have to like mess with yourself in order to get the motivation if you're willing to do that. So I don't know. So that's what getting leverage on yourself means to me, right? It's these crazy extremes you go to in order to do whatever it is that you want to do. And certain people can get themselves there because you know, they're, they're really struggling right now. It's not hard for them to say, I'm super motivated to make this work. But if you're, I don't know, sort of not that bad, it's It's harder to get yourself motivated, in my opinion. Maybe some people have that problem. And then the other thing I would recommend is, you know, whatever it is that you are committed to doing, write it down. Because there's this challenge we see with like New Year's resolutions where you make these resolutions and the last time you looked at your resolutions was New Year's Eve and you never look at them again until next New Year's and you're like, oh, I guess I didn't achieve these 24 things I had written down. No surprise. So at least you know what you are not achieving if you write them down every day um, and you're reminded what you should be doing. So I think that's worthwhile doing. Any questions on this making the commitment to being successful slide? Okay. Uh, Finding courage to follow through on your commitment. So courage is required because you have to take action before you've acquired the capability to achieve the result. So you make a commitment and guess what? You do not have the skills you need in order to be successful. You need to be courageous, you need to be vulnerable, in order to say, I don't know what I don't know, I am afraid to act, I've, I, I don't even, I'm overwhelmed, I don't even know what I need to do, and you need to be vulnerable and courageous in order to start taking action, and you're gonna make mistakes, and you're gonna, you're gonna fail, you're gonna mess things up, so you gotta keep pushing through that and keep being courageous, which is why you need to keep those commitments and get the, you know, the support of the like-minded people around you in order to do this. Um, and there's some really serious behavioral economics behind this this whole idea of uh, of doing things and taking action to do it. So, how many people are familiar with Dave Ramsey? Okay, so Dave Ramsey, he teaches this strategy of uh, paying off your debts, um and he he teaches it where it's, it's wrong from one perspective, but it's absolutely 100% correct from the other perspective. So it's wrong for him to tell you to pay off your smallest debt first, regardless of interest rate, which is what he primarily teaches. There's some exceptions to it, but he primarily tells you, look, take the smallest debt you have and put all of your extra money toward paying off the smallest debt. You know, pay the minimum payments and everything else, but pay off the smallest debt first. And then you go and you work on the next biggest debt and you kind of do it that way. Now, honestly, from a mathematical standpoint, it's technically better for you to pay off the highest interest rate debt first but it's, it's mathematically not correct, but from a behavioral standpoint, from a behavioral economic standpoint, he's 100% correct. That if you take action and you see some momentum, you see some gain by paying off the smallest interest rate debt first, it is way better for you psychologically, and you are much more likely to follow through once you've had some wins. And so what I'll kind of say to this is, it is better for you to do suboptimal tasks first here, even if it's not the most ideal thing that you should be doing, versus trying to do the optimal thing, but then not doing it. So I could tell you the number one, if you're, if you're really like, I'm going to crush this thing. I got to go d- make motivated seller phone calls and stuff like that. The absolute most important thing you must do hundred percent is like get on the phone and talk sellers. I mean, that's really the business. If you're trying to acquire properties with motivated seller marketing, you need to be on the phone with sellers and making offers, be on seller and then going and making offers in person, not on the phone, ideally. So if you're not doing that, great. But if, and that's optimal, but if you're afraid, if you're fearful, if you don't or aren't willing to spend the money or unable to spend the money to do that, then doing a suboptimal thing is important. You shouldn't give up just because you're unwilling to do the optimal thing. You really should still come to class, you know, analyze the deals, try to make something work, take some sort of action while you're gaining that confidence, doing, going through the courageous stage on your commitment and working toward having the capability and building muscle, building strength through repetition, and building your skills till eventually you get to the point where you can start doing the things that are more optimal over time, okay? Any questions on this? You guys were like, this is, this is going to be the cheesy part of class. Turns out it's a good stuff, huh? All right, building the skills and capabilities to be successful as a real estate investor. So nothing beats taking action. You got to do something. Um, whether it's analyzing deals, coming to class, studying, um, the closer you get to doing the activities that are going to lead to doing a transaction, the better off you are. But even if it's suboptimal, you got to do what you got to do. But take action, do that. Uh, listen to classes, listen to podcasts, read books, take courses, whatever you need to do in order to improve your skills, while you're going through that courageous period and gaining the capabilities. But it's really, in my opinion, about taking action in some form or another. You got to do something. You know, if you, if I, I, we'll talk about this when we talk about the rubrics The Rubrics class, uh, not rubrics, the uh, Rubicon class uh, next week, not next week, two weeks, don't come next week. Um, The Rubicon class is you could say to yourself, look, I ultimately want to have X number of properties, 10 properties. And so in order to get there, I got to buy a property. So you go like back a step well, in order to buy a property, I need to actually make an offer on a property. In order to make an offer on a property, probably need to go see a property. In order to be able to see a property, probably need to hire a real estate agent and get qualified with a lender. So we can easily work backwards as to what you need to do in order to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. And then once you know the path, you can look the other direction and say, well, if I don't talk to a lender and get qualified today, I'm definitely not buying 10 properties at some point because I got to get qualified in order to be able to do what I got to do. And so you can look back at the things you need to do And then you know the list of stuff you need to do, okay? So um, the other thing to kind of build your skills and capabilities, meet with other investors. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you look around and you say, okay, these are the five people I hang out with. Are they buying properties? Are they prepared to retire? Are they successfully investing in some form or another? Are they writing down and achieving their goals? Are they attending some type of class and doing self-improvement, you know? Look at the people you're spending time with and if they're not doing the things that you want to achieve, then you could still love them, but you probably want to try to spend more time with other people that are doing the things you want to do. Um, I know that's really hard and as someone who has severed some relationships, it's really tough emotionally sometimes. Just realize that you got to work through it. You got to do what you got to do. And you can still love them, but you have to choose where you want to invest your time and you can't take everyone with you. Certain people will, you'll set an example. You'll be able to follow them. Uh, they'll be able to follow you, but it's, it's going to be really hard for you to drag them with you because not only do you got to do all your own crap and, and solve your own problems, you got to like solve all their stuff too. And they may not be motivated to do it. They may not be willing to do the dumpster exercise. Okay. Uh, from the dailystoic.com, this is why you hear Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius say over and over again, it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what you think. It only matters what you do right now, even if it's just a small step in the right direction. And that's the link for that if you want to go read it yourself. But you got to do something. You got to take action. You could talk a big game, but if, unless you're doing the activities you need to do, you're not doing it. All right, finally, overcoming fear. So uh, there was a lot of people that mentioned fear when we went around the room at the beginning. It's okay to feel fear. You're gonna feel fear in a lot of cases. You need to act despite the fear. So what are some ways that we can sort of dampen the fear enough so that we can still take action? Uh, so ways to kind of mitigate it, eliminate it, or reduce it. I will tell you there's two primary things that will do this, in two big categories. Number one, action reduces fear. Um, if you start doing something, you will start gaining momentum where the next step may not seem as bad. You know, once you're analyzing deals and you're confident with that, then maybe talking to sellers is not as hard because you have a lot more confidence in doing that. May still be hard, and maybe you talk to only you know sellers that are sprung upon you in some kind of natural occurrence, like you know you're meeting somebody and they just happen to mention that they're seller, and you you do that and you're like that wasn't that bad. I could do that again, but you need to build up the confidence and do that. So action reduces fear, whatever that is, for you, and then knowledge reduces fear. So definitely you know keep listening to podcasts or coming to class or do whatever you need to do because the more knowledge you have and the more you see people and hear stories about people doing it, um, you see other people succeed doing it, then I think that that helps reduce fear as well, okay? And then uh, I'll share with you, I think this is the last slide, Tony Robbins' 10 Ways to Overcome Fear. Um, I'll just read them to you and you can kind of research them if you want. But his his 10 steps are identify your fears, recognize that fear can work to your advantage, get leverage with it basically, sit with your fear, understand what it is, name it, decide like how you're going to, you know, feel comfortable with it and kind of work despite it. Uh, Create goals that are musts. That was kind of what I was talking about with the leverage before. Um, You know, it wasn't a, I wish I could sort of do this. It was like, no, if I don't do this, my kids are going to be eaten out of a dumpster. Um, That's a must in a lot of ways, right? Uh, Recognize the excuses. You know, what are the things that come up that prevent you from taking the action you need to do? Uh, Surround yourself with success. Come to, you know, meet with other people that are already doing what you want to do. Adopt a growth mindset. You, you, you can change your mind. You can improve things. You can do things you never thought you could do before. Um, you, know, you do not have a fixed mindset. So if you need help with that, go read uh, Carol Dweck's book called Mindset. Really good book on growth mindset and some kind of hacks so you can kind of use it to implement stuff. Uh, find, a valuable insight, find valuable insight in pain. Again, dumpster story comes to mind here. Uh, visualize your goals. Write them down, visualize, and accept that you're going to fail. You're not gonna be successful on day one. It's okay. Be vulnerable. I mean, I made a lot of mistakes. Bankruptcy, foreclosure. I mean, a lot of stuff over the years. Um, Had investments go bad. You know, definitely had a lot of issues. Didn't buy every house I looked at. Didn't get all my offers accepted. uh, Analyzed deals wrong, had wrong assumptions. I mean, you name it. I mean, if, if you think about it, we look back at other people that have made these mistakes and they come out of it and they're doing things. Part of it's because they made all these errors and that they're now able to do things, usually sometimes correctly, um, when they're doing stuff. So it's, it's not, expect that you're gonna fail. I think that's gonna set you up for a lot more success. That's all I got. Did I cover all of your obstacles, challenges? Did I miss any? Is there something like, oh my gosh, I can't do this because this new fear came up while James was talking. I didn't realize I was gonna have this. Are we good? Did we cover them all? Yes. Nothing I missed? Do you feel more confident to be able to handle some of these? Oh, we do a question. Is it fear stuff? Yeah. Our okay. market's going to go up? Is that what are going to answer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have some asset protection stuff to kind of deal with the being sued. But you're emotionally, it's hard. I I mean, maybe the fear for you is just the fear of looking silly or feeling foolish or having someone kind of come after you, or you know, it's probably something like that, right? So maybe that's something you need to work on, just in general, not even specifically to that, to kind of strengthen those things so that so that you can kind of overcome it. I don't know. Maybe that helps. All right. No other questions. Well, thank you all for coming. I appreciate it. I will talk to you all not next week. Bye-bye for now. This concludes part six of six on overcoming obstacles for real estate investors. Be sure to listen to the other episodes as well to get all six parts. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up, and rents up but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates. Cash flow on rental properties in Portsmouth is harder than ever.